All right, Jacob, it's leave the office early day today. Please tell me that you were able to leave work early today since of this great national holiday. Um, I did not. I was unaware of this holiday in which someone would have let me know because I would have definitely dipped early. Oh, man, I can't. The, oh, the bosses out in the world probably kept his day a secret. Honestly, I didn't even know about it until uh, I was watching uh, part or part of the interruption today and they brought it up I was like oh man i don't work anyways right now so it didn't matter just well, it was a good day but i'm gonna have to have a talk with sam tomorrow and uh <laughs> and uh let her know how i feel yeah you'll have to let her know make sure that she has that one down the calendar next year <laughs> but welcome boys and girls to the lone brother podcast for today well which i think i could imagine would be a shorter show um I've said that before, and we've still rambled on for 50 minutes, so I guess we'll see how that goes. But today we talk, we're going to have talk about the NBA. We had the conference finals and the finals starting today, um, some college basketball, and then a little MLB to finish the day. <clears throat> but to start the show, we talk about the conference finals, which last time we had this show, the Warriors, I believe, already won their series, correct, Jacob, or not? Um, I mean, no, never, no, they wouldn't have because we didn't have a show last week. Yeah, so it's been two weeks because last week it just didn't work out. Yeah, okay, so we're, which we had there in the conference finals, we had the Warriors beating the Mavs and the Celtics beating the Heat in seven. <clears throat> um, great series. Uh, the Warriors finished theirs in five games, I believe, and the Celtics Heat just came down to the very end with. Honestly, a, a shot from Jimmy Butler that you'll have to ask for you, Jacob, how you feel about that, that to take the lead with about 20 seconds left in the game. Um, and now we have a Warriors-Celtics matchup. Um, Jacob, I'm not really going to talk. If you want to talk about the Warriors-Mavs at some point, you can. But I'm going to more or less talk about the Celtics-Heat series. I mean, what was your big takeaways um, from that series? And are you surprised at the outcome? And I also want to hear about your thought about Jimmy Butler settling for a three when he had a one-on-one -on -one opportunity to tie the game against Al Horford on a fast break. Um, I mean, I, I, I am surprised because um, I, I, I did have the Heat winning that series in five games. Um, I'd like to point out that I got the results completely backwards. So I had, I had the Heat winning in five and the Mavs winning in seven, and the, literally the complete opposite happened. So uh, basically my predictions are all garbage. Um, I mean, I I hate when, because uh, I mean, like one of the biggest memes um, um, during March Madness is um, you don't you don't need a three, you don't need a three, you know? It's, it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, uh, us in the college basketball, you know, fan community just make fun of the announcers all the time because it feels like they say that every time when it gets late in the game. But sometimes it's kind of true, and in that situation, it was probably right. I mean... It wasn't like the worst look, but I mean, except when you got Al Horford and you're going one-on-one, -on -one, I mean, you'd kind of like to see him take it. I mean, a big one too was Struess getting called out of bounds on the baseline earlier when his heel wasn't quite down, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm not blaming the game on, you know, on a really, really bang-bang play that honestly, like live, it probably looked like his, his foot at the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler averaged like 38 points a game in that series. I mean, he played well. I mean, Adebayo played well. They just didn't quite get what they needed out of Kyle Lowry and Oladipo, in my opinion. Um, even like Hero and, to a lesser extent, um, uh, other white guy. Michigan, 
uh, Duncan Robinson. Um, yeah. Except, I mean, I I think their two best players played as well as they needed to. They just didn't quite get what they needed out of everyone else. I mean, I don't yeah, know how much uh, more you can. I I mean, I don't know what more you can ask out of Jimmy Butler in that series. Okay. Well, here's the thing about my thing. Okay, Jimmy Butler. I am I'm completely fine with that shot, and I completely agree with him taking it. I mean, he had no problem with it. Um, he had no problem with uh, taking that shot. It seemed like his teammates, his coaches, the Heat were injured. They were hurt. They were down. I mean, you had Lowry out. I mean, injured. I mean, uh, I just what's uh, Tyler Hero was out most of the series. I mean, he came back in game. I don't I can't remember if he came back game six or not, but he for sure was back game seven. I mean, their team was injured. They were hurting. Jimmy Jimmy Butler was the only was the only person that. Uh, okay, sorry. Sorry, my phone got plugged there. Jimmy Butler was the only player that was, like, keeping that team alive. And I think Jimmy Butler knew that it, taking their chances in overtime against the Celtics when their team is so beat up and just kind of probably exhausted from just playing with all these injuries, I feel like – and I'm not even saying that that's a thought process. I don't think any player comes up down the corner fast break. She's like, we're injured. You know, we, got, we have, you know, injured. we're not going to be – not to have a great chance in overtime. I think you just took that shot because it felt right. But in hindsight, I think for how injured their team is and like has been this this series, I think it was a smart decision just to try to end it because I don't think they wanted to go in overtime. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I mean, like I said, I mean, in the moment, I mean, you just kind of do. I mean, what you're going to do. Like I said, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I I I to this day, yeah. Okay, sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying is that my, my point here, too, is that, like, so I was listening to all these, like, shows. I, it was pissing me off because, honestly, with this shot, like, everybody was talking about how, like, everyone's like, this is what Jimmy Butler was thinking. This is what Jimmy Butler was thinking when he was taking the shot. Like, one people just, like, I think it was Kendrick Perkins was like, um, Jimmy Butler was did, didn't take the shot because he knew that the Celtics got this great defense and like you know the Celtics they're not gonna and then you know yeah no he just saw an opportunity to end the game and he went for it I mean it's I and then mean, and then Stephen A's just like no it's because his team is injured and hurt and I was like I was like do you think like in in that five like that three second span when Jimmy Butler got the ball that's all what he was thinking no like Jimmy Butler dribbled up the, the court saw an opportunity to, just to win the game and he took it I don't think any thought process in his head was happening of like anything besides that like it, it just pissed me off like hearing about that Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, people like to make things a little more complicated than they actually are, and that's one of those things where it's, like, like I said, I mean, like, you don't have, you're not thinking about stuff like that when you're playing. Like I said, I mean, like, he thought, hey, I can end it here. And, I mean, Jimmy Butler is notoriously a bad shooter, so, I mean, maybe that's a bad shot, but, I mean, like, would you rather have Hero shooting that? Sure, but, I mean, like I said, I mean, you have a chance to put it away, Put try to put it away, you know? Uh, well, my, my thing, too, well, Jimmy Butler, he played four good games. Four. Because the first two games he played, he balled out the, the last two games he balled. The, in the middle three games, Jimmy Butler had 27 points in all three games. He was averaging nine points a game in those middle three games. I know Jimmy Butler was hurt and he had a sore knee. 
But, I mean, he came back those last two games and balled out. So, he balled out in the first two, last two. But, I mean, he had a, he had a, a, a time right in the middle of that series. And in the middle of that series, when he had nine points, Celtics won two of the three games. Or, yeah, two of the three games that happened there. I mean, so a very I mean, similar I, thing happened in the finals against the Lakers. I mean, like I said, I mean, he played really well. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, he just got gassed. You know, yeah, I mean, and I, yeah, and I, I think, and I'm not trying to say, I mean, Celtics won. I mean, a lot of the Heat players still played. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there say if the Heat were completely healthy, it's a different series and they win it. But also, the Celtics were hurt. I mean, Marcus Smart didn't play a couple of games. Um, Robert Williams didn't or didn't play a couple of games. I, I don't think he played, I think he didn't play one game, but he was injured. So, I mean, both teams had injuries on both sides. So, I don't, I don't ever like the injuries card because, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, every team is injured, and honestly, staying healthy is a virtue of being a good basketball team. Like, I like I just don't like the idea that, oh, well, they were hurt. I mean, yeah, but I mean, depth is, depth is a big part of basketball. Um, like I said, this isn't, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't college where you can win on, you know, going six guys deep. That's not a thing. That's not a thing in the NBA. You have to be able to go deep. Um, and if you're not deep enough to be able to handle guys being injured, then then that's just too bad. Like I said, I mean, if they're healthy to win the series, maybe. Maybe not. That's the thing is you never know. But what we do yeah. know is who played, and of the guys who played, the Celtics were better. So, I mean, that's, that, that's all that you can really say about that. And I would have been upset if the Celtics would have lost because they were definitely – I should say more talented team and they're bet like defensively well sound. So if the Celtics would have lost that series, I think it would have been, I think the Celtics, the front office would have had to been making some moves to make some changes next year or something. Because I mean, I, I think they should have won that series easily. Um, if they didn't, but they finally made it back for their first finals since 2010. And uh, I'm really excited for this, but so Jacob, I mean, just kind of looking forward then. So we got Celtics Warriors matchup in this uh, NBA finals and, What's your prediction, and what do you think this finals is going to look like? I am super torn. Um, I mean, so we were talking about this before the show. I mean, the Warriors have been there, and they're still very good. They got lots of talent everywhere. But I mean, said I mean, the Celtics play super good defense. I think they can keep Curry under control. Um, you know, with Smart and and Williams. I mean, I, I mean, and you know, you know, between that that crew, Tatum, Brown, they're all really good defenders, and and. And I think they can take care of what the Warriors are doing. I mean, the Warriors have done a really good job this, I mean, in the playoffs of taking away the other team's best guy. They did it to they did it to the Mavs. They did it to the Nuggets. Who the, who they play in the second round? Um, Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. You know, they took away Jaw. Um, they're doing a good job, and um, I think where. Where the Celtics make up for pretty much having one go-to guy, they get back and and everyone else being, you know, being very solid players. Jalen Brown is great. You know, said Marcus Smart is great and playing good defense. But I think if the Warriors can take away Tatum, like they've taken away the other stars in those series, like I I I, I think they'll win it. So, and and the Warriors have gotten really creative defensively in um in the playoffs. I saw I saw a video the other day. Uh, they gave, in just the first quarter of Game One. They defended um, Luca pick and rolls like seven or eight different ways. So I mean, they do a good job of mixing up the defense. Um, so I mean, I 
I'm going to have to take the Warriors. I It won't be any less than six games, and I think it'll be seven, just because I think these are two teams that match up pretty well with each other. And I think and I think Tatum's hungry. I think Brown is hungry. I think that whole team is hungry. Uh, you got a you got a Greg Popovich um, protege coaching that basketball team. So you know, I think the I think the coaching is is quite even. I mean, I think it's going to come down to who makes shots, really. You know, um, clearly, like I, like you know, Celtics. They've been my team. I'm I'm still rolling with them. I'm going to say. I mean, in our text message, we uh, I, I said Celtics in six. Um, I'm gonna say Celtics. I got I got to stick with my team. I, I got to stick with them. I mean, just like all all the other times in our podcast where you roll with the with Michigan and like Michigan with the um, in the college football playoffs. Thought you're crazy. I'm gonna roll with the Celtics. Um, Admittedly, I'll, that's much less crazy than thinking Michigan was gonna beat uh, Georgia in hindsight. <laughs> Yeah, well, but the Celtics, like you said, the Celtics play defense. Um, they got offensive um, power. They're very sometimes inconsistent on the offensive side where they'll have three really good quarters in a game and then just play really terrible. I mean, that was both the heat. I mean, the first four games of the series, first two games or three games, whatever it was, the Celtics beat the heat in like every quarter but like two quarters and lost two games in that, in that, in that period. And I just think that's the Celtics that they can just go on the streak where they, they play really, really well, but they'll have like one quarter a game where they kind of just, they're not, they're non-existent. And I mean, I think that team has a bright view. I'm not saying they're going to be the next warriors, but they have a lot of talent. I think they will be, but the East is a tough, a tough way, especially the honest there. So, but I mean, I'm excited for this series. I think it's going to be a good. I don't think if it goes less than five, I'd be surprised. I I'd honestly be surprised if it went less than five games. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would too. I mean, and the Celtics have really turned around. I mean, last year was a nightmare of a season. People are talking about you know needing to trade, uh, needing to trade Jalen Brown, and this year, you know, the first third to half of the year was just a total nightmare. And now here they are in the finals, and I mean it worked out. Like I said I mean they they stuck with the system, you know they 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 rolled their guys out. Um, you know they let their rookie head coach this year, like I said, uh, pop pop protege. Um, you know I mean they you know they let him figure it out, and it it, it worked. I mean, this was a good. I mean like I said I mean the Heat. I said I couldn't really see anyone in the East beating the Heat, and I mean they they they, they proved me wrong. Um, and they look good in that series, so. Yeah, no, it'll be a it'll be a fun series to watch. Like I said, we got first game on tonight and kind of be spread out. Uh, when we talk about this next, we'll be three games in to the finals, um, and then you'll probably have to finish it off by yourself or with someone because then I'll be taking a month long sabbatical from the podcast. So, but I think it's interesting. I think we'll have a great series to watch here. And I mean, like I said, the Warriors aren't as star powered as, as they have been in the past in the finals. But I mean, they've been here many times before they have the experience. They got great players all around them and the Celtics are a young team that's got talent and plays defense. So, I mean, I think it'll be a good series to watch for. I have to agree. 
But moving on from the NBA Finals, so we have um, college basketball. So, so some more basketball to talk about, which – and the news that we have for today is about Gonzaga, where Gonzaga has three returning players. We've got um, Timmy, Strother, and Bolton to return to Gonzaga next year, which also – I don't know exactly. I'm sure if we look at the recruiting, I'm sure they have at least one top five player coming to Gonzaga. And they, they always got these recruits. They got some big names coming back, especially Timmy. Um, probably could consider him one of the best college basketball players in college basketball, right? Even this last year, you could probably in the top three, five players in, in the college basketball. And he's coming back to Gonzaga next year for his senior year. Probably wants a little redemption, wants, wants the, uh, he wants to win that national championship, and that's probably why he came back. Also, I feel like, I mean, I'll talk about um, Timmy with you too, Jacob, but I also feel like he's one of those players that, like, he's a really good college basketball player, but once he gets to the NBA, he's not going to do much, in my opinion. And so I feel like he maybe realizes that too, so he's just like, you know, I'm just going to come back and play for Gonzaga. And I'm sure he's got an NIL deal there too at for something so i'm sure he's making money at gonzaga so he's like might as well stick it out for you try to win national championship but jacob with these players coming back and i'd have to look it up but like i'm sure they got some top recruits coming there um would gonzaga be the favorite to win it next year um the consensus that i'm seeing even with these three guys coming back and i'd have to agree is that it, it that, that the favorite is probably still north carolina i think the group they're bringing back is better than these guys but it all i said it, it, it all kind of depends on how the recruiting class um, shakes out. I actually don't think Gonzaga has any big-name guys coming in, but they snagged one of those LSU guys who left. And I just saw – I mean, I, mean uh, I didn't realize this, but uh, this was just posted like right after I, I, I got to work today. Uh, they just landed uh, Malachi Smith out of Chattanooga, who is one of the best transfers available. So they got other guys coming in to, you know, to fill the hole. I mean, and they got – I mean, Nemhard, Nemhard, and uh, Chet were their first and third best players, in my opinion. So, I mean, they're definitely they, they lost they lost two of the three better players. But Strother looked really good last year. He can make strides. I think Bolton's going to make huge strides. He's pretty much been a ten to twelve point a game guy his his all four years there, going to fifth year next year. But I mean, it's always nice to be able to count on twelve to thirteen points. I mean, I think I think Strother could easily come out and you know you know get up to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen next year. Um, if he just um, can develop a little bit of uh, driving ability, he's more of a three and D guy. So, which works fine when you got yeah, guys so, like Timmy, you know, manning the middle. And I, and I just looked it up. So yeah, I guess Gonzaga doesn't have that great of recruits. I lied. I just the last couple of years they had, so I kind of just assumed. Um, they have one player in the top one hundred, um, ESPN top one hundred, and they have number ninety six, and they're bringing a power forward in four-star recruit that's the only top 100 player that they have coming in next year so i mean with with that happening bringing these players back will be huge for them though be able to keep um especially timmy like i said strother and bolton weren't as important and i think even less so bolton so but i mean getting strother and timmy back were really really huge um like i said getting um getting malachi smith is big like i said i mean he was it kind of looks like he's one of the, he was one of the better um, transfers left. I mean, I don't think he was one of the better ones like overall. But I mean, said I mean, bringing in a guy with experience is always nice. What the heck are his stats like? I mean, he was twentieth in the nation in scoring line. He was scoring twenty points a game as a sophomore for Chattanooga. So I mean, this this guy can play. Yeah. So 
and I like to say the same thing too. Like, I didn't realize I thought maybe they bring some more players, but yeah, I wouldn't call them favorite. But I mean, it's big for them to just win the conference again next year. Maybe have a two or three seed going to the tournament. That's what I predict. I mean, they don't got any. I mean, Timmy's really good, so I guess they could easily go in the tournament with the I would, with the one seed. I would be utterly unshocked if they came out with the one. Um, it's one of those things where, um, like I said, I mean, it's going to be like a lot of people like Arkansas. Duke's always going to be good. Kentucky's going to be good. I mean, I mean, Kentucky, I never thought I'd say this, but I mean, Kentucky is bringing back the Wooden Award winner. Yeah. You know, never, never thought I'd see that happen, but I mean, it's kind of the same thing with, you know, guys like Hansborough, Timmy, you know, and a couple years ago, Luca Garza. Some of these guys dominate in college, right? They're they honestly, I mean, I mean, they just lack the athleticism to be able to, be able yeah. to compete in in the NBA. So, I yeah, mean, so I mean, I, mean I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, yeah. Uh, I mean, you come back, like I said, you can be a great player, probably one of the better ones in the. Uh, I mean, as North Carolina, find that like you said, like you said, I, I think they are the favorite, and clearly. Duke's going to have, have a lot of great recruits coming next year. I mean, they have a new coach, so we'll have to see how that turns out. But North Carolina is definitely fair. I mean, they brought back their Iron Five and they back this year. So be interesting. Um, yeah, no, that's actually cool. I mean, Timmy's coming back. The Wooden Award winner's coming back. I mean, you see these players. I think I think that's part of the NIL deals is that these players are actually getting paid in college. So now, like, these players that, who you know, really good in college, they probably, I feel like they probably realize too that NBA, they're probably not as athletic enough to, you know, be a star in the NBA. So I feel like some of them are just like, well, I might as well send college, keep on getting paid for my NIL deals, and then, you know, try to win a national championship again, which I think these NIL deals are, are, are starting to keep. I think we're starting to see that they're starting to keep some players to stay. Yeah, they're definitely, they're, much, they're, they're definitely helpful. I don't know if it. I don't know if it made the decision for someone like Timmy because I mean Timmy wasn't going in any of the mock drafts at all, even in the second round, and was outside of all the big rankings. So I kind of think his agent was like, "Yeah, you're not getting drafted." Like I said, I mean a guy like um Oscar Tia Shaw, I can't even say his last name, out of uh, you know Kentucky, he probably would have went in the second round. Not definitely not a first rounder, but like I said, I mean maybe NIL kept him around. Well, that's what I'm saying is that like there's some of these players that are, are really good players, but it's like oh they're second round picks, and I feel like in the past a lot of these guys have just left because they're just like well if I don't leave this year I could have a bad year in college and not get drafted in the NBA at all. But now these guys if they're being projected to get drafted late second round pick, I feel like a lot of them now are thinking like well why not just if I'm getting paid because I'm at college right now because we have NIL deals, why wouldn't I just stay maybe try to bump my NBA you know my draft I, what am I trying to say? His potential or whatever you want to, I can't think of a word right now. To make his draw stock, his, his stock better for the next year. There we go. Um, by staying another year because he's going to get paid rather than, you know, leaving. Because, I mean, we've had UNC guys. We've had a lot of, we've seen a lot of people that, even freshmen who are sixth and seventh men on the team, but very athletic, but they leave for the draft after not even playing really their freshman year, but getting drafted late second round. And, I just think it's like, I think it's starting to keep people around. Honestly, I, I'm, there might be more examples this year, but I can't think of any. So, yeah, I mean, looking back at North Carolina, I think the biggest puzzle for me was um, was James Michael McAdoo. Do you remember him? Yeah, 
he, I remember he, um, I said he was our best player for like two years. After a sophomore year, he declared for the draft and went like 50th overall. I was like, that makes no sense. Yeah, right. But like I said, I mean, like it might've, it might've been, yeah, it might've been, it might've been one, it might've been one of um, those things where he was like, I don't know if my draft stock's getting any better. I'd rather just get drafted and, you know, just get the money that I can. He said, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, even if you're a first rounder, most guys who get drafted don't play more than four or five years. Yeah. You have to be good to play longer than that. So, I mean, like a lot of these guys might think, I, I just want to get in the league, get on my rookie contract, you know, see what happens. But, uh, you know, but, but like I said, I mean, like a guy like him back in the day probably would have been on like half a million dollar NIL deal because he was a very yeah. notable college basketball player. So, I mean, it's like, ah, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, if I just play an extra year and see what happens with my draft stock, I'm still going to be making a little bit of coin. I'm not making NBA level money, but I don't think any 19 year old is going to, is going to scoff at half a million dollars or even like $250,000. Or even less yeah. than that for some other guys. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it just seems to make sense. I think we'll probably see a little bit more of that in the future. But I think it's cool to see Timmy come back. And excited. I mean, I loved watching him play throughout the last two years. So it'd be fun to watch him come back. And yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about that. Uh, Jacob, I think you have some little closing MLB remarks for us to end our show here, correct? Uh, yes, correct. Uh, we were looking kind of thin on news, and yeah, we're at about 25 minutes right now, so I was just kind of putting anything I could find on there. And um, just for those of you who aren't aware, um, there's been a little bit of a fantasy football um, debacle happening in, in the MLB in, in the last week. Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson over what he believed was cheating during warmups last week and got suspended three games. And th that was kind of the original news story. It was like, Jesus, kind of dumb. Like this guy slapped someone, not hit, not punch. He slapped him in the face. Like, you know, like, 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 like pimp slapped him. <laughs> and then like, and then like two days later, he comes out, Tommy Pham and goes, yeah, well, I've kind of forgiven Jock. That's in the past. But Mike Trout is a sorry ass commissioner. It's all his fault. So now we're starting to drag Mike Trout through the mud out of nowhere. And Mike Trout is like, hey, I didn't even want to do this in the first place. Like, they basically made me. Because no one else was willing to do it. And you said, I mean, and now, I mean, it's just, honestly, I kind of wonder if it's like a bit or something to generate some press. But, like, I kind of think not because, like I said, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's so stupid. But I, I, I just find it hilarious. Um, I, I, I hope more comes out. Um, I just kind of wanted to just just bring that up. I've 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 been kind of trying to keep the MLB news kind of fun because people think baseball is boring and no one really cares about the scores. There's nothing fun happening right now, so I'm kind of trying to find stuff like that to talk about. And uh, the 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 second one is on this year, on this day, 12 years ago. I'm kind of you know reversing the roles. Um, is the day for those of you that follow baseball. We we all know is the day that Jim Joyce robbed Armando Galarraga of a perfect game on the last on the 27th out. Um, and every single year, it gets talked about. You know, should the MLB like retroactively you know overturn that ruling and and give him a perfect game? And every year I say yes. I mean. Background for those who you know don't you know don't remember, um, Armando, Armando Galarraga had a perfect game going into the ninth inning, got the first two outs, and on the last out of the game, he was covering first on a on a you know on a ball that Mickey had to you know run towards second base for a backhand, 
and the throw beat the batter by like half a step. It wasn't even close, really. I mean, for most MLB umpires, I mean, it was I mean, pretty easy call. And um, he called him safe, and he blew it. And uh, like it's it's different if you know that happened in the seventh inning, and then he finished the game. It's like, well, you never know. I mean, maybe. He might have blown it after, you know. I mean, like there. I mean, there, there's a whole cascading thing that could have happened after that. But this was literally the last out of the game. If he gets called out, the game's just over. So I think this is one of those rare occasions where the MLB can and I think should retroactively go back and give him the perfect game because he did have a perfect game. That was a perfect game. If the correct call is made, that's a perfect game. Like that's not something where you want to go. Oh, human error is a part of the game. Like no. Yeah. I I agree with you there. I I think they I think they should, but then again, you know, it's over. What's done is done. It's over. Um, I don't know. I I, but stuff like that where they're easy. But the thing is, you know, you could say, oh, they, because what 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 happened exactly there again, Jacob? So if you would have struck him out, I mean, the, he still would have had to strike out three more batters, correct? Like it wasn't the ninth inning that he struck out. That that was that happened the eighth inning, right? That was the ninth inning. It was the last out of the game. Oh, I thought it was the eighth inning. No, the last out of the game. It was the ninth inning. There was two outs. He caught the ball and started celebrating. And then Jim Joyce gives a save, and the look on his face is like the sassy. Like he was even mad. He, he, I mean, he was just shocked beyond belief. Like I said, I mean, this was like this was like his like eighth MLB start. Like this wasn't like this wasn't Roy Holiday or Clayton Kershaw throwing a perfect game where it's like you, you kind of expect it to happen eventually. They're so good. Like this was literally just some random dude. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, said I mean, just the look. I mean, Miggy literally buried his face in his glove. Like I said, like the pitcher. Like I said, I'm like I'm like Galarraga caught the ball, threw his hands up in the air, and then just like his face just went like pale. He couldn't believe it. And then, you know, I mean, the I, I can't remember who his name was, but I mean, I can see him in my head. You know, Detroit's manager comes running out there. I mean, and he's giving Jim Joyce an earful because he can't believe it. Like, no one could believe it. They showed the replay. And like I said, I mean, the throw beat him by half a step. It wasn't like it beat him by like an inch. And you can, and I mean, frankly, I, if, even if it, like, if it was close, I think you'd call him out. Yeah. Listen, like, like, if it's like, gee, maybe a tie, maybe it wasn't, just call him out. Like, I'm not saying if you know for sure he was safe to call him out, but, like, if, you, if you're if you kind of like, eh, just call him out. Yeah. But the thing is, is, is it wasn't close. It, it wasn't even close. Like, it was half a step. And, uh, said, I mean, the umpire just blew it. I mean, like, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, I don't know what was going through his mind. He knew the situation, clearly. And, um, I, like, when I was actually reading up on this, uh, you know, a little, you know, a little, a little, Earlier day, and like that call haunts him. Like he knows that he screwed this guy out of a perfect game, right? I mean, and it's, well, I'm sure he gets reminded <laughs> about it all the time too. Oh, except I mean, said I mean, like I knew his name, and it's only because he blew a perfect game. Like everyone only knows him as the umpire who blew Armando Galarraga's perfect game. What a life to live. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't, like, like in MLB, there's been like 21 in history. Like imagine, imagine robbing the MLB of five percent of the perfect games of all time because your eyes didn't work for like a split second. Yeah. Oh, it's it's crazy. I feel like it's something they could easily change. 
Will they? No. Yeah. But like I said, like, like I said, I mean, it's. I don't think they ever will. I think they should. Like I said, like I said, if, if this happened in the eighth inning, I say no because, you know, different batters come up. You have to face one extra guy. Like, you. I mean, like you literally just just couldn't know. But this was literally the last out of the game. Yeah. And they blew the call. I mean, it's just one of those things where. Like I said, I think they can and should. I don't, will they? I don't think so. I don't think they want to set a precedent of going back and retroactively changing calls like that. Yeah. But I think this is um, an extenuating cir of circumstance, as they would say. But, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I have, I have nothing to add to your, with your MLB there, so I don't well, know if you are. Caller quits about half hour today. All right, well, like I said, thank you guys uh, for listening. Um, next week we'll have all we'll have the first three games of the ML, ML, NBA Finals complete, so we'll have a good outlook on how maybe the series will end up turning out here. And then, yeah, let's see what else is uh, happening throughout the week as well when we get there. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.